The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. You are now listening to The Philly Pod, a Philadelphia sports podcast. What is up, y'all? Welcome to another episode of the Philly Pod brought to you by thelibertyline.com. I'm your host, as always, Victor Williams. Be sure to follow me on all social media platforms over at the Philly Pod. If you are new to the podcast, appreciate you guys for checking out the show. Be sure to subscribe, Apple iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, anywhere else you get your shows. Leave those reviews. Great five stars. Saw a couple new ones this morning, so appreciate you guys for uh, <laughs> About doing time. that for us. Hey, 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 we appreciate we appreciate it uh, uh, all the same. Appreciate you guys for taking care of that, helping us move up the charts of football, podcast, NFL, Eagles pods, whatever category you want to throw us in. Thank you guys for uh, helping us get discovered in those areas. The voice you just heard with the smart comments. Be sure to go follow him at Stephen Conrad Jr. on all socials. How's it been, man? A few days off here as we enter. The true dog days, now that the Stanley Cup is over, uh, the NBA Finals mercifully ended. Thank God we didn't have to drag that out a little much. And now we're in the true summer here. It's officially summer vacation, especially for the Eagles, who we won't see on the field in any capacity until late uh, July. I think the Eagles released their training camp dates. July 25th they begin. They have another open practice that will be at uh, in August, I believe, and uh, go from there. But welcome to the summer, man. (laughs) And welcome to any of the uh, diehard Eagles fans that may be listening to this podcast. Because if you are listening to a Philadelphia Eagles podcast in, well, I guess we'll call it the middle of June, (laughs) you are a diehard, you are loved, and you are appreciated. Um, You are also starved for any form of content whatsoever. If you're you're trying to keep up with the team in June, yeah, like Steven said, you are a true, true diehard. We'll be here. We'll be putting out pods we don't know of what, but we'll be here talking about whatever is going on. And we do have some, I don't know if I want to call it juicy or spicy or whatever it is, but there's a couple of things uh, that people like to say about this team, starting with Miles Sanders, who appears to be sucking on some uh, sour grapes, appears to be a little bitter. And Steven, this goes back to your point a few pods ago when you had said everybody who is on this team for a significant amount of time and then leaves it uh, uh, appears to be bitter when they leave, a little sour when they leave. Look at Chauncey Gardner-Johnson. Um, you can even go as far back as Skandrick, who who we revisited uh, because Shannon just had his last uh, show and remembered what he did to Orlando Skandrick on that show. He was bitter after he had left after sucking up to Malcolm and then turning his back and talking shit on the team. And now we have Miles Sanders. Now, Steven, we know that Howie has historically been reluctant to pay running backs, aside from LaShawn McCoy, like once. And Miles was pretty vocal during the year about his desire to remain in Philly. 
Now, he got a four-year, $25 million contract with Carolina, and that contract, that deal is probably a little bit too rich <laughs> for Howie's blood. As we saw, he allocated those resources in DeAndre Swift, Rashad Penny, bringing back Boston Scott. He got a lot of guys for that similar uh, for that similar price range. Now, his postseason performance, talking about Miles, might have contributed to this decision after averaging just 74.6 rushing yards per game in the regular season. Sanders only averaged 49.3 in the playoffs. And as you might have remembered, Sanders fumbled on the very first play from scrimmage, running out of bounds, got knocked out of bounds, went to the locker room right after that, came back, but essentially watched from the sidelines from that point on, finishing with just 16 yards on seven carries. And your boy, Kenneth Gainwell, played over 50% of the snaps. So after all of that, Sanders recently spoke with Steve Reed of the Associated Press about his low usage in the Super Bowl, saying last game of the season, for all the marbles, everybody can answer that question. If they put themselves in my shoes, would they be happy? I don't want to make headlines, but if it does, I don't care. And then when asked about his departure from the Eagles, Miles responded and said, I can get into that another day. Maybe you should ask them why I'm moving here. Talking about Carolina. So definitely not not happy about the way things ended in Philadelphia, but I'm sure the Eagles weren't happy about the way Miles ended the season, particularly <laughs> in the Super Bowl. And I see you rolling your eyes over there. So your thoughts in regards to Miles, uh, how the team kind of dealt with it. Is he just being bitter here? Were the Eagles in the wrong with how they just kind of dumped him? Uh, which side of the fence are you on in regards to this uh, drama here? <laughs> uh, well, the Carolina Panthers suck. Miles Sanders had <laughs> an opportunity to make himself young. relevant again. Um, perhaps this entire thing was taken out of context. Um, I'm assuming, and maybe I'm giving Miles the benefit of the doubt here, but I'm assuming he is literally just saying he's a human being and he was upset with the fact that he had that very, very limited run that he did in the Super Bowl. Mm -hmm. Now, let's not forget he was injured. Uh, that first snap, that first touch that he had in the Super Bowl was not encouraging whatsoever. <laughs> that might have been his worst snap as a Philadelphia Eagle, for being completely honest. Uh, but if he's if he's directing this anger at the Philadelphia Eagles specifically, then I don't know what to say, pal. Like, just look look at yourself in the mirror. Mm -hmm. uh, if you're really that mad, maybe just remind yourself that. I mean, look that hefty contract four years what is it 25 million is that what you said 25 four years million. 25 million yep i believe he was the highest paid running back this offseason so there you go you had your best season production wise as on the philadelphia eagles last year over a thousand yards uh 10 plus touchdowns and you're on a i mean we'll see the panthers have bryce young uh playing with frank reich again also not to mention i believe deuce is deuce staley mm -hmm. uh, on that staff Re yep reunited with deuce reunited with him so, I don't know. And maybe I gave him the benefit of the doubt, or maybe he's just being a sore loser because that's what happens when when people depart from the Philadelphia Eagles, as you as you highlighted, Orlando Skandrick. That is probably the last person I thought of because, to be honest with you, I really don't remember his tenure on the Philadelphia Eagles uh, or even the NFL for that matter. Uh, he's he a, a fumble he was not a very good football Jets. player. He had a fumble return against the Jets for a touchdown, and then that's he got cute. cut, and then that's he got fine, cut, man. and then he, and then he got cut. Him. And uh, I believe he had a limited run on TV. Uh, not sure what happened there. Uh, and there you have it, Orlando Skandrick. So yeah, quickly like, forgot about him. Just like Will Parks quickly forgot about his oh, as yeah. well. How, how, how ironic. We didn't bring it up on the last show, but we talk about Will Parks. And then this man, Steven says, who is this guy? And then he gets cut from the Jets immediately like following that podcast. So uh, if somebody heard that 
within the Jets organization and then cut him, then uh, that's our bad. But <laughs> we did not mean for the man to lose his job following that pod. My God. Yeah, certainly. I that was, that was not very sarcastic. <laughs> but um, but um, yeah, and, and and to go back on Gardner Johnson, the way everything went bad, they went back and forth with the uh, the contract and all of this. But Miles has been known to kind of be be snippy with reporters, even while he was here. And remember last uh, last off season when he was running with the second team, and and reporters made a big deal about that, and he was having his uh kind of smart comments in regards to that. But he knows that he's injury prone, dealing with hand issues and and knee issues and all of the sort, ankle problems. And uh, you know, he had his best year of his career last year. He ran for the first thousand yard season of his career, and he just didn't show up in the playoffs, and essentially got benched. For Kenneth Gainwell so I certainly understand the frustration with with the team success and he wanted to be a part of it and when you fumble on the first snap of the game not a good look and I believe he put the ball on the turf another time during that game as well um so there's been a, a lot of uh I don't want to say issues but shortcomings with Miles game you know Jason Kelsey has shown frustration with him not hitting the hole uh, a lot of uh poor vision <laughs> that Miles has shown within this offense despite the good offensive line too so, much hesitancy. Yeah, exactly. Hesitancy is, is a good way to put it. Yeah, you need to you need to hit the hole with a little more, um, with a little more. Uh, uh, what's what's the word? With a little more. Can't think of the word. Authority. Think of the authority. Yes, with a little more authority. <laughs> Thanks for finding that. Hit the hole with more authority than 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 that. And I know we have guys like DeAndre Swift who kind of dances around a little bit, but we do have Penny who we. For what it's worth, man, Kenny G hits the hole. He does. I think he does. I think his vision is is, is better than is better than Miles for sure. Uh, Steven Sanders did end his Eagles tenure with three thousand seven hundred and eight rushing yards across four seasons. If you had to guess, where would you say that ranks him in franchise history? Jeez, I want to say like third, eighth, eighth, which is still kind of impressive. But you only here oh, for four oh, years. All time, My all time, all time. Okay, yeah, okay. franchise history, which is impressive. You're only here for four seasons. You're yeah, the eighth, yeah, you have the eighth most rushing yards of franchise history. I wonder where Hertz is going to be uh, going to be ranked in, in that when it, when his uh, when his tenure is all said and done. But yeah, we liked Miles. Um, it's kind of kind of uh, upsetting to see him kind of go out like this. You know, he was he was one of the likable guys here despite his shortcomings. And uh, but yeah, you, you said it a couple pods ago where everybody that that does end up leaving Philadelphia is upset to leave. They wanted to stay here, and then they take their little shots at the front office afterwards but it is what it well, is they're just like bitter and petty when they leave when yeah clearly the better yeah. place so he was vocal he was vocal about wanting to uh wanting to stay like he said howie bring me back i love you howie all the shit throughout the offseason howie basically saw that and was like well that's too bad <laughs> just let him go but it should have been expected because this is how the eagles deal with the position they you go by committee you're not going to commit money and now miles has a chance for more opportunities within the panthers offense he can see what he can do with bryce young and, uh, you know, he, uh, other than his rookie year, he hasn't caught the ball a ton. Maybe he'll have a chance to be used a little bit more as a receiver as well in the Panthers offense. So we'll see how that builds for him over there in the NFC South. Uh, speaking of more drama, Steven, um, Matt Patricia and Darius Slay. Um, we haven't spoken a lot about it because we assumed that, you know, they're kind of just going to stay out of each other's way. Now, for the people that don't know, well, Slay and Patricia ended on very poor terms in Detroit. Patricia said he wasn't a Pro Bowl quarterback. He doesn't des- a Pro Bowl cornerback. Okay. Didn't deserve to be in that conversation. Uh, and didn't Slay he said he elite. didn't respect him as a man. Didn't say he was elite. And Slay said, I lost respect for him as a man, basically, at the end of Detroit. Now, when Patricia was hired and named as the Eagles' senior defensive assistant. Remember, there was the whole thing where he was listed on the website, and then he was pulled off the website because the team didn't formally announce it yet. 
they ask Sirianni during that press conference, hey, we saw this on the website, what's going on? Sirianni said, we're trending in that direction. And then the hire comes out like five minutes later. <laughs> so Sirianni was doing his best damage control in that situation. But the Eagles did end up hiring him senior defensive assistant back in April. And the hire was uh, obviously met with a lot of uh, skepticism, mostly due to the past relationship with Darius Slay. So during a charity golf event for former Lions teammate Calvin Johnson, the recent one on, uh, on Monday, Slay told reporters his relationship with Patricia has been quote-unquote cordial since he joined the coaching staff. Slay said it's another day at the office. We both got the same goal, just going out there to compete and win a championship. So that's the main focus. Now, if you dig into it a little deeper, if we're trying to read Darius Slay's human beings, um, the Eagles were searching for a new defensive coordinator to replace Jonathan Gannon, and Slay openly vouched for former defensive backs coach Denard Wilson. Everybody loved Denard Wilson. Slay loved him. Bradbury loved him. Even Garner Johnson, when he was here, Slay, uh, Denard Wilson helped him uh, take his level, to, uh, take his game to another level. Wilson and the team decided to mutually part ways, and then Patricia joined the staff. So if you read it, I mean, after Slay's positional coach essentially got dismissed, they went out and hired a guy that Slay has been really vocal about disliking, openly dislikes this guy. So, you know, while, while Slay might not ever say it, it probably rubbed him the wrong way. Uh, but he says they got the same goal in mind. He and Patricia are probably on opposite sides of the field during practice, probably just walk past each other in the hallway, don't say a bunch, and that's, and that's the way it's going to go. So, Stephen, what's your read on the situation? Initially, when they brought in Patricia, because I don't think we ever talked about it when they hired him. The, the pod was on hiatus at the time. But your read on the whole hire, the situation, how they're going to move forward, how do you feel about that whole situation? <laughs> Well, this is funny, actually. It's kind of like on the flip side of the Miles Sanders situation. You want to know what this uh, Darius Slay and Matt Patricia, I guess I guess we'll call it a reunion. What it really means <laughs> is, uh, <laughs> well, I mean, look, they're in the same building, organization, yep. I guess we'll say, which I'll yep. touch on that. It's a testament to how great the culture is. Like, are you kidding me? When would mm -hmm. this ever happen? When, when, when something is so out there in the media about the dislike between two people. Uh, look, senior defensive analyst, is that what he's considered? I don't even know what the hell that is. He I can't is imagine senior he's senior defensive gonna, assistant is his I, official title. <laughs> can't imagine he's going to be in the way too much of right, Slay. Right. Um, look, my read on Matt Patricia is this. I think he's one of those, like, I certainly hope he was just doing this to motivate Darius Slay, and maybe it was a, just a, a, a complete misunderstanding in Detroit when he was trying to claim that Slay was an elite and all this stuff. I'm hoping it was just one of those old-school like motivation tactics, mm -hmm. or maybe Matt Patricia is just a weirdo. I don't know. I certainly... I mean, I think it's trending more towards weirdo, like the pencil and the ear and the beard. Like he's like an animated character in a way. <laughs> he's, I don't you, know, you would man. hope some growth has been made since then. Like Patricia's been like, I was wrong. Whatever, we're here now, let's win the title, and Darius Slay. As a man, it's hard to look past that stuff, especially a guy as as uh, as outgoing as Slay is. I know it's Makes tough you wonder to how some of these guys even have jobs. Like, it's like we're in the pros at this point. Like, you can't – I don't know, man. The the ego egos are probably the some of the biggest uh, issues and probably the most underrated aspect of, of team building and organization uh, building and stuff like that, in my opinion. Right, yeah, and I, I – you have to wonder like how far down the totem pole is Matt Patricia to the point where they thought that they could bring him in 
and not affect Darius Slay at all. Now, I understand Darius Slay is just a player. You know, he's not in the front office. you got to just do your job and play for, for, for the most part. From the franchise perspective, is not saying we're, we're saying that. But from the franchise perspective, you're, you're brought here to play at an elite level. And when we hire guys, we expect you to be okay with it, make bygones be bygones, water under the bridge. And it seems like that Slay is doing his very best job to do that. They're just going to be cordial. They're going to work it out. I don't know how often they're going to be in the same room during defensive meetings or, or whatever the situation is. Hopefully it doesn't blow over because Slay is on like, what do I, I don't, I don't want to say it's on like, on like, uh, you know, uncharted waters right now. But he, when he was testing for agency for that little bit, you saw the fans kind of flip the script and call him washed and say he was declining and all this and that. And then he came back and fans just swept it under the rug. We never said that. We didn't mean it. But you saw it for that little bit of time for that, for that six to that 12 hours. That time sucked, man. That was depressing. It and felt everybody like everything was, every, was falling apart. It felt apart. like Bradbury wasn't calling. But we, we didn't know what was happening if, what, once that was happening. And then they signed Bradbury. And we were like, all right, I guess Bradbury's just going to be CB1 now. And then they worked it out with Darius Slate and, and brought him back. But for that little bit of time, fans turned their back. They said, Slate is done. He's cooked anyway. We, don't, we, we never really wanted him back. And then he came back. And the fans are like, ah, well, we didn't, we didn't really mean it. So, I mean, it is, it is Slay's in a weird, in a weird spot right now with the fans. So, uh, hopefully, he comes out strong. He's looking good in OTAs. Uh, so, hopefully, you know, his hamstrings hold up going against some of these uh, elite guys because he's pushing. You know, thirty-two is tough as a cornerback. You're playing against a lot of these younger elite receivers. So, hopefully, he can keep up with them. But if anybody can, it's 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 Darius Slay. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Uh, so speaking continually of the defense, Stephen Nolan Smith, uh, right after OTAs, you would think it's summer vacation. I'm going to go lounge on a beach, a pool somewhere. I'm going to go hang out. Not Nolan Smith. He attended the seventh annual Von Miller Pass Rush Summit in Las Vegas this past weekend, immediately following OTAs. So he no, no rest for the weary. He went from OTAs right to go and learn from Von Miller. And he spoke highly of him uh, following getting drafted. He said, I watch guys like my body type, like Von Miller, Hassan Reddick, and the moves that they use, and just the different things that they do. Not only with their hands, but how they bend the edge, and use speed to power, and how they set up their moves, and play a game within the game. That was Nolan Smith after being drafted on who he really models his game after. And you can see, he has some unreal bend on some of these uh, some of these drills, like the way he's hitting uh, the dummies and stuff. Like He is damn near horizontal when he's hitting these guys. So that bend is certainly something that he is working on. And if he can get under guys get under offensive linemen, I think he's going to be annoying to to a lot of them. But it's good to hear that we, we see the energy and we hear about it from OTAs. He's, he's playing every snap like it's his last, regardless if it's special teams, off the edge, whatever the case may be. 
but definitely uh, inspiring stuff to see him going to 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 learn from Von Miller immediately following OTAs. No, no days off for this guy. He's he's going to soak in every ounce of knowledge he can. He is the more animated defensive player version of Jalen Hurts, perhaps. Mm. Although a lot of similarities to Brandon Graham. Um, I'm hearing a lot of baby Micah Parsons talk with him. Oh, now, man. I don't know how that's a knock. I'll take it. Late first round pick, whatever you want to call it, our second. Of hey, if Micah, if Micah wasn't a Cowboy, I would love him. I love Micah kind of now. And the shit that he does is just the fact that he's a Cowboy. If I was a Cowboys fan, to be honest with you, man, I'd hate him. He's a good player, but that guy, that guy flirts with the Philadelphia Eagles more than he helps that. Never mind, I'm not even going to say it. <laughs> you know what I'm trying to say. Yeah. He talks about the Eagles an awful lot. Mm-hmm. I'm sure if he could be in Philly, he would be in Philly. But he's a, he's a hometown kid, Penn State. Mm-hmm. He became a star. He became a star here. And I'm sure that if he, I know that Cowboys fans are quick to tell you, oh, he said he wanted to be a Cowboy during the draft. Of course you're going to say that. What else are you going to say? And now he's rocking that, that cursed star on his yep. helmet. Yep. And wearing maxi jerseys and Tatum jerseys and, and the whole bit. <laughs> the whole bit. So he's just certainly playing the front row. I, uh, I can do away with the whole Devontae Smith loving the Boston Celtics, by the way. I love oh. you, but oh. let's chill a little bit. <laughs> What do you want from him? It's his team. And he That's makes it fine. known, too. He makes it known, too. He's, yeah, he does. Every, when Boston was winning, oh, my God, it was rough. It was rough. But yeah, and some fans have a hard enough time separating him from Devontae Smith, the player with the franchise, and Devontae Smith as a person and a fan of the uh, Boston Celtics. But certainly encouraging to see uh, Nolan Smith <laughs> taking – we knew he would take his job seriously. He was known for that in Georgia. But he is he's going right from OTAs to learning from one of the best to ever do it in Von Miller. And we're excited – to uh to hear that. Speaking of the Cowboys, congratulations to them on officially achieving officially achieving ten thousand days without a Super Bowl as of today. Twenty seven years, four months, and seventeen days. Title the podcast that today. First of all, Dak is ass, and as long as he's ass, they are not going going to be winning any type of Super Bowl anytime soon. They are not going to division title games. They are not even. Well, speaking of, uh, as you heard, that was Shady McCoy's vo- voice. Is he all but confirmed? To be uh, Shannon Sharp's replacement is that what's going on here? Looks like it. Well, he's gonna get the he's gonna get the trial run for sure. So we know that we we heard inklings of it. We spoke about it before briefly on the uh, on the podcast, and it seems like they're gonna go ahead. We'll see how Skip and he uh, mesh on Undisputed. Um, since the Cowboys' last Super Bowl, five to twelve playoff record, fifteen non-playoff seasons, seven first-round exits, zero divisional round victories, zero NFC Championship games, zero. NFC championships and zero Super Bowls. So good on Dallas for going t- officially 10,000 days without a Super Bowl, which is great. They'll be quick to tell us we went 50 plus years without a Super Bowl, but that's fine. We are still <laughs> riding the high. We've been to two in the last five, six years, and I'll take that. I will certainly uh, take that. Um, other news Lane Johnson recently spoke and said his recent extension that currently runs through 2026 will likely be his last. He said 33 is old but I still feel like I got a few good years left. I'm super fortunate to be where I'm at and being in the second half of my career, my goal now is to develop the younger guys and bring those guys along and be a better leader. Lane Johnson has been cleared following surgery on his torn adductor, which he played through the entire postseason and allowed zero sacks or QB hits on a hundred pass blocking reps. Amazing to do when you're hurting. Well, it's, it's amazing to do when you're healthy, let alone when you're hurting and suffering a torn muscle in your body like that, that you certainly have to use for leverage against uh, against opposing defensive linemen and linebackers and edge rushers and all mm. 
of the sort, but interesting to hear Lane Johnson, you know, have an eye towards retirement. This, this contract will keep him to, uh, with the team through the next three seasons. But after that, uh, mm. you know, it's going to be time to wrap it up. I don't know who his uh, replacement is. I don't think he's on the roster yet. I'm sure the Eagles will look, uh, in the next few years to bring that guy along. Like it they've feels been like doing... he's been here forever, but at the same time, it feels like his career has been such a flash. Hey, I'm done. glad, I'm glad that he's, he's considering like hanging it up when it's all said and done. Unlike Jason Peters, who, who like, mm. even though he knew he was cooked wash, I'm going to go get that bag with Dallas, with whoever I can get it from. Him. He'll always be the bodyguard of Philadelphia and he'll be a surefire uh, Eagles hall of famer, if not a, a, a NFL hall of famer, but man, J- Jason Peters did not know when to hang it up when it was all said and done. It sounds like Lane Johnson is going to be well aware when his bit, when his playing days are over. So good on him. Uh, 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 for that, similarly to how the Eagles have brought in guys like Cam Jurgens and Landon Dickerson, they were supposed to be his heir apparent. I think the Eagles will go ahead and look towards that uh, when Lane Johnson, since he is, you know, keep putting that eye towards retirement, knowing when his days are going to be over when this extension is over. So thoughts on that? I didn't think I would hear Lane speak about it this soon, but uh, you know, nothing good lasts forever. <laughs> hmm. Well, that is something. The Eagles will have to, luckily we're a deep team. That is something the Eagles will have to address here in the coming off seasons, hopefully via the draft, maybe have him play behind lane for a year or two as we'll see what he decides to do. I think a lot of it could be dependent on what happens with this team. Can they get to the Super Bowl and win it within the next couple of seasons? You know, maybe, I mean, that would be the ultimate way to wrap it up, man, win the Super Bowl and then retire, right? Mm-hmm. But we'll yeah. see how it pans out. Um, wouldn't it be something if he retires before? I don't think this will happen, but it would be certainly something if he retires before uh, Jason Kelsey. Yeah, I think Kelsey might have one more year. Like they asked Jalen Hurts, like what was like the most surprising thing from uh from uh <laughs> what was like a a surprising development for you this off season? And Jalen Hurts said Kelsey came back. You know, I guess there was a <laughs> a piece of him in the back of his mind that said uh that that said um uh maybe he he won't be back, and we all considered it. But I felt like the way the year ended. You know, there's a lot of unfinished business. I think that's part of the reason why Jason Bradbury came back. Uh, we'll see that rematch with Juju uh, against the Patriots in, in week one. And I think Jason Kelsey knows that there's something special here, and I think we can get it done. Um, Terrell Edmonds recently said that everybody in that locker room is talking about winning that championship. There's no, uh, hey, let's just have a winning, let's have a winning season. Hey, let's have a, uh, you know, let's get to the playoffs. Everybody in that locker room is set on winning the championship, and I know Jalen Hurts is leading that charge, and that's a big reason why Lane Johnson uh, is motivated as well. Steven Lane Johnson hasn't allowed a single sack in over two years, had w- <laughs> went 10 games last year without allowing a single pressure and didn't allow a single QB hit last season. That is the definition of elite. If I've ever seen one, man, that Lane Johnson is on a, mm. on a tear, like no other, a surefire hall of famer, certainly a first ballot, uh, hall of famer. Um, speaking of Jalen Hurts, I wanted to uh, give you the floor on this because you've been adamant about saying you even wrote an article on it last week about how so many people, including the Eagles organization, are expecting Jalen Hurts to take another leap. And you went, not against the green, but you went and said, what is a leap at this point for Jalen Hurts? Is there enough room (laughs) for Jalen Hurts to take that another leap? Is it fair to expect another one from Jalen Hurts, considering the astronomical one he took last season? So I want to give you the floor here and let you kind of explain why you think it may be unfair for fans and perhaps the organization to expect such another significant leap in 2023 when he already made one last season. Yeah, I mean, I, I just think it's, yeah, it's unfair. I mean, this guy literally just went from in the span of two two seasons 
at the very beginning of that run, being labeled a backup quarterback to then being a franchise quarterback that takes his team to the Super Bowl and is now being paid like one, who, by the way, went toe-to-toe with Patrick Mahomes and, in my opinion, outperformed him. I know he fumbled once. That's one play. Doesn't change the fact that he performed better in the biggest game of his life against him. He did everything he needed to for the team to win a Super Bowl, and the Eagles are putting this idea out there, and the media in general, not just Philadelphia, as you mentioned, is, is, is anticipating a leap, and I think it's unfair. I don't even know what that means. I don't know what a leap means, and I think now we're getting into this conversation. Uh, you look at all the great, the uh, you look at all the best all-time greats, right? And usually they get to a point, maybe three or four years into their career, where they've just improved so much, you can't anticipate a leap. You can anticipate improvements, maybe in certain aspects of their game, maybe changes, adjustments that they make. But like when you're that good, you're being judged by your ability to just replicate that greatness on a consistent basis. So if he can replicate what he did last year, are we upset with that? Because he was, he finished second in MVP voting, only behind Patrick Mahomes. Mm-hmm. He only lost, what did he, altogether, including the postseason, he lost, what, two or three games? Was it two or three? Uh, the Washington one, uh, that's and then it, because Minshew lost, yeah, and then the Chiefs, because Minshew lost the other two. Uh, the only start that Jalen Hurts lost last season was the uh, Commanders game, but we can all kind of agree that uh, Quez Watkins lost that game, but it's fine. Mm. It's fine. So, like, I just don't know what we're talking about here, you know? The word leap, I don't even think should be used with him i mean i you know there's certain areas i i think we can talk about numbers we can do that we'll throw for more passing touchdowns maybe will his check down rate go up whatever like that's fine and dandy we'll get into that stuff during the season but perhaps it may be the eye test like maybe he you know what i mean like maybe he just looks more comfortable maybe that's the leap i don't know it's just a little it's just confusing to me altogether i don't really understand it yeah, yeah, I can I can agree uh, to an extent that there may not be enough room considering considering the leap he made last season. Uh, Nick Sirianni went on the record saying that Jalen may be the most coachable person I've ever been around in my life. He's just always looking to get better. Now that's our job as coaches to make sure we're feeding him good information. Hertz kind of lives and dies by that. If you're not getting better, then you're getting worse. So you know, Jalen Hertz is the last guy that's going to want to plateau. Sirianni said, I see another jump in everything that he's done with accuracy, with decision-making. We're doing seven-on-seven, so there is no pass rush, uh, but I do see his development continuing. That's what we talk about with Jalen all the time. I don't know what his ceiling is because he just keeps getting better, and he's going to continue to do that. So I've seen that same jump, the speed with which he makes the decision to actually your throws. He's really had a good spring. And Jalen Hurts will be the first guy to tell you that there's stuff I want to work on. And he doesn't, he's a guy that doesn't really enjoy talking about himself per se, but he'll be the first one to uh, tell you that he wants to make sure that he minimizes the few mistakes that he does make. I know that fumble was such a rare one in that Super Bowl. Can't even probably explain how that happened. Just flat out dropped the ball, mm. you know, the miss, an inopportune time for a mistake like that. But his interceptions were way down. I think he did fumble, fumble a bit last year. That could, probably could be an area where he could approve. He, he did fumble quite a bit. And um, now that he's paid and worth $255 million, you probably want to see him run just a little bit less, maybe throw the ball away a little bit more. Um, now he has the options underneath the check down with DeAndre Swift. You know, Miles Sanders wasn't, wasn't a, the, the greatest pass catching back in the world. Now he has DeAndre Swift to do that for him. 
So you're going to see him probably probably do that a little bit more, maybe throw the ball away a bit more and not take unnecessary runs, take unnecessary hits now that he's worth <laughs> a quarter of a billion dollars. Uh, but yeah, it's fair. It's probably unfair to a point to, to say that, man, Jalen Hurts has to take an even, an even higher leap considering now he's a top two, three, four quarterback in the NFL, however you want to rank him. Uh, but I definitely see your point, Stephen, that it's unfair a little bit for the fans to say, okay, well, Jalen Hurts did this last season. We need him to do even more when it, it essentially really wasn't his fault that the Eagles lost the Super Bowl. We can all look at Jonathan Gannon for that. <laughs> yeah, it just doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. And maybe, like, maybe he does. Like, maybe he does just take this leap that people are talking Part about. Part of me thinks, know. like, man, how, like, like – how do you even get better? How do you get even better? Like he ran. Maybe seven- there's one more season of like big time progression, and then we have this conversation in the year where it's just like, can he just continue this? Maybe, become, maybe. like what is what is the step? That, like, does he become a better pocket passer? Like, what is even the the? It's 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 definitely exciting to think about. Like, how can he take his game to an even higher level? I think he made some fantastic throws from the yep. pocket last season. Uh, but to your point, maybe you can maybe you can uh, you know. Um, um, tone down the fumbles a little bit. Maybe you can tone down the unnecessary runs here and there so that you're not taking so many hits and making sure you're playing every game, you know, uh, in the regular season so you don't have to miss a couple and we don't have to rely on, thankfully, not Marcus Mariota <laughs> to get us to the postseason like we had to watch Minshew try and do that forced Jalen Hurts to play the last week anyway. Um, but it is it is what it is. But we're certainly excited to see what Jalen Hurts has been good in the OTAs. He's had some good passes, uh, good throws to, to, to Devontae Smith and Quez. And we're certainly excited uh, to see that as summer comes along and uh, training camp gets underway in July. And we'll see the open practice in August. Those are always fun. He always puts on a show during those. We'll see how all, all that goes. He did uh, injure himself a little bit. in the. I'm just kidding. Right. <laughs> in, the, in the softball game. He skidded his shin. Those things hurt. Those burns. When you when you slide on your shin like that, it came up. It looked raw when he came up. You know those raw burns that come up on your leg? They, those are not fun. Yeah, so, um, I'm, I'm sure when Howie saw that, he was like, how about we don't have our $250 million quarterback taking skid marks on his legs when he's when we need those in the in the regular season? Uh, nah, but it's all, it. Yeah, it's all funny games. It's all funny games. He didn't even he didn't even feel it. He was he was grittying after that and everything. He probably didn't even feel it. The dude is a uh, an Iron Man. The Any lights final were on. Points? That's when he shines. <laughs> the best. lights were on. The lights were on. He, he does. He is a gamer. He plays his best. Under the lights. Any final point, Stephen, on this pod? Came up here and talked about a couple of rumors, some drama stuff. You know your traditional dog days of the summer off-season content. Anything else you want to add? Anything else you heard? Anything else you want to speak on before we wrap this up? Eagles fans, you got any questions? Because, boy, we're going to need some help. <laughs> we are going to need some help in the coming weeks. I don't know. what some mailbags. You'll, you'll find something. Yeah, some mailbags. God. Uh, God, we're going to need some help. You know, to, you know where to hit up Vic? On Twitter or whatever social platforms you guys are on, as my dogs start barking, maybe that's a sign of something. I don't know. Uh, it's, a it's a sign to put a bow on this one. Huh? Is that what it is? Yeah, yeah. Mute yourself while I go through the 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 end of this. Be sure to follow us and subscribe. Apple iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, anywhere else you get your shows. Be sure to follow me, Victor Williams, on all socials over at the Philly Pod. We'll be up again sometime this week or next week to talk about whatever else is going on. We're officially in the summer, so we'll, we'll find something to uh, to talk about. But until then, guys, I appreciate you guys for tuning in. We'll catch you on the next one. Peace out from the Philly Pod.
Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.